0: So we got to talk about artificial intelligence because it's become a buzzword, a catch-all, a magic pill that people want to swallow and think that, oh, if you just take something and just add AI to it, it's going to become infinitely more valuable. You see it with the stock market, you see it with the buzz, and everybody just wants AI, AI, AI. But do you even know what it means in terms of your everyday life? So I think a lot of us are interested in how it helps us with our business, for example. And what artificial intelligence is right now is simply just the ability to use historical data, process it through some pre-trained artificial intelligence model. That's the P in the GPT, generative pre-trained transformer, and output something I can take action on that I can consume. And it just removes and streamlines a lot of the data analytics, the back end analysis and development It does. It does streamline and help augment existing valuable business processes and models. If you have flawed data, if you have flawed uh, processes or your business model as a whole is flawed, injecting artificial intelligence into it isn't going to Fix it automatically. There still has to be some human intervention, especially with like all the data aggregation and analyzing the outputs, refining these artificial intelligence models that are developed specifically for whatever your needs are requires the data scientists. A lot of these data scientists with backgrounds in Python and linear algebra and all the different mathematics that go into it have kind of just been pivoted over to this new artificial intelligence model generation development, whatever you want to call it. Because if we look at here, artificial intelligence, it's been around for quite some time. Uh, Let me fix this. There we go. Um, So if you're watching, uh, what I'm looking at right now is this... Artificial intelligence, uh, brief history. Uh, this was from a website, Genuine Impact. All the different graphics that I'm going to be going over, I'll put down in the description of either the podcast or the YouTube video. And it's been around. I mean, I think a lot of us have heard the Turing test, the ability to use something and not know whether or not it is a machine. It would pass. If you, if you didn't know it was a machine, it would pass what's called the Turing test. And that's after Alan Turing back in um, World War II, 1950s and whatnot. And... It has been around forever, and it wasn't until what we really want to know, you know, if you're a chess player, you're looking at things like Stockfish, Uh, so back in like 2015, 2016, even 2017 on this chart, the ability to use artificial intelligence to use, uh, to analyze chess, or some people are cheating with it, it became more mainstream, but for the broader non-chess players in 2020 with the release of GPT-3, we started being like, oh... Now that we got a consumer level product and use case, I'm really paying attention to it. And so a lot of us were really wanting to get our hands on okay, what is artificial intelligence? And oh, I got to say, if you look here in 2011, poor Watson, poor IBM, they got to be wondering what the heck happened, you know? I remember like even here 2011, IBM's Watson defeats two former Jeopardy champions and they we at the forefront of being able to use artificial intelligence and to answer questions in response uh, to Alex Trebek's questions. The only issue that a lot of people had was it wasn't able to do like more puzzling questions, more riddle questions. It was able only to transform what was being said in the background. It interprets it as data and try to make a logical output from it. And because things like riddles don't really translate to that kind of process flow, watson really struggled with more like puns and things like that so OpenAI gets released and now we all care about artificial intelligence but what is it i like i should say i love sorry i got a bunch of graphics pulled up where did it go oh here it is this right here artificial intelligence let's start with like the big bubble so, again, if you're listening, what we're looking at is a graph of exactly artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, um, even within there, is generative AI and then data science. So, AI, what is it? Machines are software that mimic human-like cognitive functions, performing tasks intelligently while adapting to changing environments. Right now, we are what is in called uh, artificial narrow intelligence designed to perform specific tasks. So, ChatGPT is only made to answer questions that are inputted um, through their trained model. Moving on, artificial general general intelligence is going to expand the ability to do multiple tasks all at once. And then super intelligence is supposed to be smarter than humans. And there's actually an equation you can look at. So like artificial general intelligence is like the percent it could do better than what percent of the population, artificial super intelligence is supposed to be hundred percent of the population. So going back to, Here within artificial intelligence is machine learning. A lot of the stuff we're using at work has to deal with a lot of these machine learning algorithms, um, statistical algorithms that learn from the data to make generalized decisions with human intervention. Uh, There's different types of supervised unsupervised, reinforcement learning. We don't really have to go into Uh, just know that this is the subset that we mostly deal with in business and then deep learning, utilizing advanced algorithms like neural networks, and it's able to solve more complex problems, do further analysis that you wouldn't do with a more simplified machine learning learning algorithm. And then this bubble is important for a lot of us. This data science bubble, there still requires human intervention, at least at this point, Because, like I said earlier, all the different machine learning, artificial intelligence models that we deal with are built upon historical data. For example, if we look at Tesla's autopilot, when you drive a Tesla, terms and conditions, whatever, the different driving data that is captured within your Tesla gets sent back to, I believe it's now their supercomputer, Dojo, to analyze Understand, was this the best decision that was made in this scenario? And that's how it's training its algorithm. That way, when full autopilot comes out, it's going to be using the best and safest decision making that a driver made to determine what an autopilot would do in that sense. In the data science side, someone's got to fine tune, remodel, continually analyze whether or not the modeling is working. ChatGPT, for example, apparently got dumber at one point, and that was recently. It got lazier, and someone had to go in there, analyze it, fine-tune the model, and figure out what was going on, because leaving an AI model alone is not going to get the job done. Someone's got to continually refine it and make sure there's no data drift or that there's just some ultimate shift in what the model is doing, so there's still a spot for humans, especially business analysts, business development managers, consultants. You're someone that goes within that data science and find your niche. As far as like domain and business knowledge, all these models have to make decisions and analyze it in the light of someone with that knowledge and skill set. You can't just simply plug data in and expect magic to happen. Again, it's not a magic pill that a company can swallow and then all of a sudden be off to the races. Um, and that's exactly what this shows. So when you're creating a machine learning algorithm that's going to be deployed and used for your business, this is what it comes down to. Here again, this consultate, cons- sorry, consultative part, a business development manager, a business analyst um, is this workflow. There's four steps, project setup, data preparation, modeling and deployment project setup, understanding the business goals. What do we want to get out of this data? And then analyzing the data to make sure that this data actually contains a bunch of information that we need to utilize and transform into data that'll ultimately give us outputs at the end in step four. So project setup, choose a solution to your problem, and then that's where you're gonna create this AI model. Now the data preparation, again, all these artificial intelligence, just wanna beat this into your head, are built off historical data. It doesn't create new data to train off of. It's got to have some sort of historical subset of data that is tra- that it is trained on, pre-trained on. Again, generative pre-trained transformer. That is what the GPT is in chat GPT. So data preparation, it's amalgamated, aggregated, whatever word you want to use, and then analyze and make sure that it's clean because garbage in equals garbage out. Artificial intelligence is not going to be able to distinguish what is bad data from good data. So if you put bad data in, then it's going to be bad data out for whatever reason. We saw that with ChatGPT and BARD when it was outputting and making up cases and whatnot, and no one really could figure out why and what it was doing. Well, somewhere along the line, whatever content it was being trained on was just bad. So that goes towards the modeling. You put in the data, you train it, and then you try to see exactly what is happening. You assess the model performance, you do model tuning, and you make predictions. You want to understand what is the expectation of the data output. And the way you do that is maybe you split up the data that you're training it on, and that way you can actually train it against the rest of the data. Maybe it's like a quarter of the data you leave over and then you measure the output confidence intervals and like all the different data science kind of information that you want to find out. And then finally you deploy it. But again, it doesn't stop there. You got to continually analyze it. It's no magic. Um, What are the graphics I have? Oh yeah, here. Now when I'm talking about how the way we analyze it doesn't create new data, that's just the way it is and what we're calling artificial narrow intelligence right now. These different Uh, artificial intelligence uh, use cases are getting deployed, whether it's autopilot chat interfaces or just anything else that's using AI, say NVIDIA, to get you more frame rate and higher frame rate in the interpretation of data. Um, What other use cases are there? There's that rabbit little pocket phone thing using AI and narrow intelligence use cases. Uh, but ultimately what they're trying to get is to this AGI where it can behave more human, like across multiple tasks. From my understanding, it still has to be trained on historical data. It's not going to come up with new memories per se, that will, will change the way that it's model is ran, but perhaps that could be at the artificial super intelligence level. um, and here it is. Here, here's just another graphic. I think these graphics are incredibly useful to understand what it is that artificial intelligence is. Now, let's just add a little more information. This data, the data processing, the training, NVIDIA, AMD, these expensive like twenty to $30,000 GPUs, these H100s that are powering. I think the, the Tesla Dojo supercomputer is powered by roughly like 10,000 of these things. It's because of the parallel process and be able to do multiple computations at once. It's training the model through reinforcement learning, through neural networks, through any number of ways someone has decided this is going to be the way that the model is best ran. Maybe it's multiple models. I don't know. Not that sophisticated in the area of this development, um, but... That's why you're hearing about GPUs. That was that was ultimately like the, the limitation of what we're dealing with. When we go back here to this graphic and we look at the historical uh, or the history of artificial intelligence, what really took off was computational abilities here. And you start seeing just really take off. I believe theoretical, anecdotal, whatever you want to call it, cryptocurrency really had a lot to do with like the investment. When crypto was really popping off, you started seeing these stocks of AMD, NVIDIA. It was hard to get GPUs, stock prices started skyrocketing. These companies were able to reinvest. Not that they weren't doing more on the B2B side on these GPUs. It just was able to get more investment, really a launching point. And now we're at a point where we're just getting amazing. Like They they came out with a 40 series uh, super GPU. uh, Let me see, what actually is it called? NVIDIA. GPU 40 Super Series. Yeah, the Super Series graphics cards. Uh, GeForce RTX 40 Super Series. New Heroes debut in the gaming and creating universe with AIs as their super power. So, client-side computations for these crazy video games that were showing during the developer conference where when you're playing a game, I'll accept your cookies, sorry, I'm, okay. When you're playing a game that no two people may experience the same experience, like through the dialogue, they're able to do client-side computations using these 40 series GPUs and it's able to run the models on your end and then able to output for your gaming experience. It's really insane the level that we're getting to. So, when it comes to even AI, investing money in AI companies, AI this, AI that, I think really it comes down to the people that are powering it the NVIDIAs, the AMDs, perhaps Intel. Uh, they are more CPU focused. And the, for some reason, they've always had trouble getting to the more GPU deployment side. Not sure I understand why. Uh, it's it's the people that are doing the development is ChatGPT GPT open AI going to forever be the industry leader. I don't think so. I think someone's going to come along and find a better use case. It's just that they were kind of the pioneers and maybe with the heavy investment from Microsoft and open AI, they could be they could be something that continues to have a foothold in the AI market share industry, the Chat GPT interface. I personally have found better experiences using croc on X.com on, you know, formerly known as Twitter. Um, but everyone's going to find something that they like, and you're just going to see enhancements. It's going to be this new tool, kind of like when a computer came out, it was just the end all be all. I, I, Just caution against this hopefully not being the next dot-com bubble where everyone's racing to the stock market, investing anything with the buzzword AI. It even happened briefly with NFTs, where NFT this, NFT that. The, The. day traders were just having a ball investing in these companies that were just even whispering the word NFTs. If people had an NFT job posting, they were finding it and they were investing to it. And now AI has kind of become that thing before internet of things was another buzzword that was being used, the ability to handle all these different devices and whoever was developing the ability to do that in the workplace. It's just, it's just that next thing. We're just going to see it continually just slide its way in as a commodity within business, But again, it's not something just because you have artificial intelligence that you're going to all of a sudden be worth, you know, 10x multiple or whatever. Just remember, artificial intelligence is built upon historical data and built on hopefully very well built models. Those historical data is analyzed, fine tuned and then deployed for the output. And then for business, that's what you use.